we are live back with another episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. I am your host, Mike. And two, this little window right here, this window right there we go. Wait, now I can't point at my own window. What the? No, no, you can't point. You, you gotta, right. you gotta point like that. But anyway, to that window right there is my co-host Anthony. What's going on, brother? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man, dude. We had uh, one hell of a week uh, for sports. We had some uh, big story coming out of the National League West. Trevor Bauer uh, has been was suspended indefinitely by baseball. They are possibly going to be uh, extending that uh, suspension by another seven games. And uh, I want to go ahead and point this out real quick before we start. Uh, Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. That is, that's the big thing. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. But both me and Anthony, we have actually seen some of these text messages that he has been sending. The and messages, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and the, it, it's just look, it's not looking good for Trevor Bauer. I believe that uh, Trevor Bauer, his career might be over. I want to, I uh, want to say that. I don't know if his career will be over. I don't know if someone's going to pick him up, but uh, I think his career with the Dodgers is over me personally i think you know it's too early on in the investigation to really rule out or or speculate what could happen um at this point it's more so you know leave it to the investigators i feel uh we'll see i guess in the coming weeks what what will come of these events right yeah i mean and again but and here's the thing look trevor bauer if this hadn't happened in my opinion, Trevor Bauer is one of the best things to happen to baseball. His, uh, you know, his YouTube channel, mm-hmm. his social media, the way he presents himself on and off the field. It's it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And he now that this, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. He he definitely you know markets himself as a brand more so than a player, which is great. You know you don't see that nowadays. Um, which is definitely something that that you, you're starting to see more and more of with more players starting to, um, you know, create create a brand around their their image. Yeah, which, and with this whole situation is just devastating, whether it's true or false, because um, in the end, you know, allegations can can ruin you. Exactly, and again, look, again, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. We don't know definitely. exactly what happened, uh, but. Uh, you know, the, the, one of the bad things about this is that Trevor Bauer has not come out and denied this. I think that's one of the biggest black eyes of this is that Trevor Bauer has not come out and publicly denied everything. And, but I want to say that's a good thing because I don't know if, well, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because not denying it is kind of a bad look on him as well because again we don't know exactly what happened mm-hmm. and but- if i'm not if i'm not mistaken i believe from what i'm seeing all of it was true but it was all consensual if that makes sense yeah no 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 that's that's and, and that's I, I believe- it, it, it all looked consensual to me as well yeah now 
I really hope that here's the thing. I will give the negatives and positives to this. Um, on the positive note, I hope that this was or is and was consensual mm-hmm. and that Trevor Bauer can move past this and still continue to play at the level that he was with the Dodgers. And, yeah, definitely. but, it, but the only bad and uh, the only bad thing about the positive is that even though if he gets moved past it and it's proven that it was consensual, he, the harassment level from fans is going to be brutal. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And on the on the negative side, if this shows that it wasn't consensual, and that it was, it really was uh, as the allegations said, then you know his career is over. And I believe that his agent, uh, I think her career will be over as well as as just a sports agent as well. Uh, to be on my opinion on it on the topic of his agent, uh, Rachel Luba, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see this hurting her as much because, you know, she, she's not necessarily the face behind him. She doesn't, she's not him. You know what I mean? In the end, she represents him, but has no connection to that side, his personal life. It's all business with, between the two. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, this again, this is just a bad thing to happen to Trevor Bauer because again, there are so many players in this league that are really helpful to this sport. Mm-hmm. He was one of them. Oh yeah, he definitely the helped fact, market the game. He definitely is and the fact to that grow this, yeah, and the fact that this uh, is giving him now a, a gigantic black eye is it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It, it really is horrible. And I again, we don't know what happened. But uh, if it was all consensual, I hope that Trevor Bauer can move past this. Mm-hmm. I hope that he can have a healthy career. I hope that he wins another ring, or, or excuse me, that he wins a ring. That he wins a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. But, I, I personally don't think. I, I, I don't hope he wins a ring, <laughs> Mike. We don't talk like that around here. <laughs> well, well, hold on a second. This is my show. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mike, I'm a Giants fan, so we don't go there. <laughs> well, yeah, but here, but here's the thing. I don't. Well, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. I know it, Just it, has like, not, it has nothing to do with the AL West, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, look at you. You're a 49ers fan. I really don't give a shit about that. <laughs> oh yeah. But um, two, two different sides. We come, we collide, but we don't, we don't cause some, uh, you know, negativity in the end. You know what I mean? You and exactly. I like, like both both sides of the spectrum. Niners, uh, Seahawks. You know. Definitely. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring on uh, real quickly our first fan who's actually going to be a part of the stream, Jeremy, uh, the Jeer Dog. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Uh, doing all right here, man. Finally got my air conditioning working. Uh, it went out week. That's a big. It's, it's been like ninety here, so uh, Ooh. pretty good, man. Jesus How are you guys doing? Well, well, here's the thing. Um, it may be ninety where you are at, but uh, Anthony's got a bigger. Uh, <laughs> He can complain a lot more because he's in Arizona. Yeah, hundred and one hundred and ten plus degrees. Our AC went out for about four or five hours. Oh my god! Oh, it, was, it was wonderful. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, uh, real quickly, since we got the gang all here, I think Anthony, I think it's time to play a million dollars. But real quick, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, Jeremy, since you are new here, we have a game here that we play on every podcast. Called right. a million dollars, but 
It is a game where it gives you a situation where you get a million dollars, but it is at a crazy expense. So are we all ready to play? All yeah. ready. Let's do it. All right. A million dollars. But it's a big juicy one. Big juicy butt. Big juicy um, butt. Every time you see a TV, a random historical figure will travel from the past to fist fight you. <laughs> every time you see a TV? Every time you see a TV. So I'm oh, going to go God. ahead and say... I want to go ahead and say no because it doesn't. You will be fist fighting someone every goddamn day because uh, <laughs> it, everyone has a TV. Yeah. So, so I I'm gonna go ahead and say no on this one. I personally, I will just I'm gonna say yes. You want to know why? Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. 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 Let's, let's. This hear is this out. is the this is why this game was invented to hear <laughs> why you will take the million dollars in this situation. Yeah. Hear me out. It's a great one. So, you know how, like, let's say you and the boys on a Saturday night are going out to the bar. And now tell me, how many how many times do you see a TV in a bar? How many, how many TVs are set up at a bar? <laughs> at least seven to ten. Okay, now, now that's seven to ten historical figures. At a bar, that's an, that's an epic bar brawl fight. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, that would be great. Okay, so you're going to take the million dollars. Jeremy, what oh, about yeah. you, bro? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's uh... – that's tough, man. I mean, I guess if I'm sitting at home by myself, I'd probably say no, right? Because uh, you never know who's going to pop up on that screen. Um, but I I mean, I like your point where like, hey, if you're at a bar with your buddies and there's a bunch of TVs that come on there, I'll be a part of that any day for sure. All right. So, so, we, have, so we have Anthony and Jeremy, the two whores who are taking the million dollars. <laughs> I'm the only one who's, who's opting out. All right. So here we go. Um, okay. So already I'm going to go ahead and say yes on this one. So a million dollars, but every time you enter or exit a building, every fluid you consume for the next 24 hours will be alcohol. I'll take it. I'll gladly get drunk. I'll gladly get drunk every time I exit or enter a building. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I'm not going to no. know. First off, let me just tell you all now, I'm a lightweight. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> and my job consists of me walking in and out the side of the building I work in constantly all day. So no. Well, no. same here. My job, my job requires me no. to be uh, not drunk. I drive, I drive a freaking delivery <laughs> van. So I, I, I would take it if it was on the weekends, but I'm not going to take it if it's on the work days. Fair, fair enough. So what about you, Jeremy? Uh, shoot, man, I I work from home right now, so oh. I probably I would say yes since I'm working <laughs> at home. Uh, but if I had, like if I ever go back to the office, man, I, I'm in and out of that building all the time, so I probably wouldn't get anything accomplished if that was the case. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but working from home, I'll say right now, yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> all right, so we have that. Um, let's go ahead and get on to the Mariners real quick. So we got we got some, we have the Mariners to talk about because uh, it has been interesting to see the Mariners play this past week because uh, we've seen some we've seen a great walk off on Friday. My voice is still recovering from that, by the way. My voice you were at the game, right? I was at the game. Yeah, I was at the game, um, and 
you know, it was fantastic to see this win. It was fantastic to see the Mariners. Uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, uh, also say this. So the Mariners also won on Thursday, uh, seven to two against Toronto. They take two out of three against the the, the Blue Jays. Then mm-hmm. first game against the uh, the Rangers. Uh, Logan Gilbert doesn't. Uh, he was actually looking sharp. He 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 did look pretty well. He went five and two thirds of innings. Um, unfortunately, two errors by Mitch Haniger. I'm 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 going to go ahead and just say it. I, I'm going to blame Mitch Haniger for this. Uh, there were uh, two runs that scored thanks to Mitch Haniger. He had two errors in one inning. Mm. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was three to one for a long period of time. And then Luis Torrens or excuse me, uh, Jake Fraley hits his first home run at home for the Mariners. Uh, Mariners are on the board. Then Luis Torrens with uh, nobody on. He hits a solo shot. But then the Mariners, they just keep battling back, especially in that eighth inning. They were able to get two runs, get the lead. lead. Graven, unfortunately, blows the save. But but I want to also say that that was uh, responsible on Ty France because Ty could not make uh, the easy throw to third base, but the Mariners were able to battle back in the 10th inning. Jake Fraley gets the walk-off hit. Uh, and of course it was fireworks night. It was fireworks night. Great show, by the way, but that's that no quit attitude that the Mariners have had all of a sudden this past, uh, you know, these past three weeks, they, they've had a no quit attitude. Uh, they lose the next game to Texas, but they win in the, in on Sunday. And then, We've seen them lose the past two games against the Yankees, uh, twelve to one and four to five. And then today, the the I'm going to call them the Soto Bombers, the Soto Bombers take it to the Bronx Bombers, hitting three uh, home runs. But I need to go ahead and point this out: Logan Gilbert today put on one of the best pitching performances I have seen in a long time, definitely from a Mariners yeah. pitcher. Um, and I have it right here. So Logan Gilbert was the first Mariner starter to go seven plus innings, allow one hit or fewer, and walk no batters since Felix Hernandez's perfect game in 2012. Mm-hmm. And that's and, a good time to see, especially out of a young guy like this rookie coming in yeah. this year. Yeah, definitely. A I mean, role too. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's got a whole career ahead of him, man. If he's mm-hmm. got games like that, and his, uh, yeah, and in, and look, here's the thing. Um, I wanted to post this on Twitter, but someone stole it from me. But I want to say that Logan Gilbert, I think he's now had 11 starts this season. In just 11 starts, I want to say that we are seeing perhaps the best pitching prospect to come out of the farm system for the Seattle Mariners since Felix Hernandez. Logan Gilbert is an ace to me. I can see, He's, you know, a lot of potential coming from him. Definitely, yeah. if, he can, if he can, you know, stay consistent. Uh, he showed, you know, a great set of off-speed pitches today. His slider being the main, the main pitch in his repertoire. That slider is disgusting. Yeah, definitely. that is one of the most filthiest sliders I've seen from a starter. Oh yeah. But uh, Jeremy, I mean, just just your thoughts on these Mariners right now, man. Um. Yeah, man, they're third in the ALLS, right? Right now, uh, they're yeah. behind the Astros and the uh, who's the other one? Um, the Athletics. I wrote it down. Athletics. Athletics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we they play the Angels tomorrow, so that should be uh, should be interesting to see. Man, they're going up against Marco Gonzalez, who mm-hmm. 
-hmm. hasn't been uh, hot as late, so maybe we can take advantage of that. But uh, I caught the last two games. Um, was really disappointed uh, against that five four loss. You know, I thought maybe we could rally and and, and get that dub. But yeah, coming back today, um, I got to catch the sixth inning on, um, and it was just. I wish I had seen the the the, the before, but I, I you know I saw your retweets and stuff, and uh, able to catch some of the the, the previous uh, you know previous part of the game, and it was awesome. Um, it was actually made me you know I'm I'm ready for tomorrow, ready to see what they can do against the Angels and mm-hmm. see what they can do, man. Um, you know, All Stars coming up, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um... Another thing I want to talk about real quick uh, with this Marist Ball Club is, uh, you know, oh, what the hell is that noise? Um, it it might have been my phone. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's, <laughs> I was I was wondering what, where it was coming from, but um, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about this. So I don't want to get Mariner fans' hopes up, but as of right now, the Mariners sit three and a half back in the wild card, mm-hmm. the second place wild card next to Oakland. Uh, the Mariners really were losing the last two losses that they had against the Yankees were bad losses because it came at the expense where the A's were losing. And Mm -hmm. if the Mariners had been able to sweep this series against the Yankees, we could have been looking at a game and a half back of the Oakland athletics in the second place in the wild card. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look at it this way. The, the, The Mariners are only five and a half back of the Tampa Bay Rays for the first place wild card. So really the Mariners are looking, especially in this series against the angels, they are looking to possibly take another two out of three. If not a sweep would be a huge, huge boost going into the all-star break, going into that second half with saying, Hey, we might actually have a chance Mm -hmm. to push for a wild card. Definitely. Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, they take on the Angels prior to the All-Star game, and then they actually yep. um, play another series against the Angels right after. They do. Okay. So definitely um, uh, definitely a uh, good opportunity to take some games and, and move up in the division and in the wild card. Yeah, and let's let's not forget, we, we, we talked about this last week, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mariners have been able to hold Shohei Otani uh, this whole season to a 125 batting average. Definitely, yeah. And We'll get on Otani here in a little bit, but before we get uh, Jeremy out of here, because uh, Jeremy, I do, I do. So real quickly, I, all good, man. First of all, I appreciate you coming on, coming on here, talking with this. You're Thanks the first fan me. to actually come on the podcast, by the way. So, I mean, appreciate it. What are you look? So, what are you looking forward to with this Mariners ball club? Because look, if they don't make the playoffs, I say it's a win. If we make the playoffs, it's a con- it's such a huge boost. Mm-hmm. Because this is a team that was not supposed to compete. What are they doing right now? They have Kyle Lewis on the IL. They have J- Justice Sheffield on the IL. They have Evan White on the IL. They have so many guys on the disabled list right now. And they're still finding ways to win. I mean, man, you said it right there, man. They're still finding ways to win. Um you know, I, I hopefully, man, they can keep this going. I mean, I think this big win against the Yankees today proved a point, proved that they can, you know, that they can play and that they can, uh, 
they can, you know, take it to take it to them. So I think if they can get past the Angels here and then get past that All Star break, and and then maybe you know, the, you guys said that they played the Angels again, which I didn't get that far ahead. But um, you know, if they can continue going there, if 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 they you know get close to making the playoffs, man, I, I still consider it a win. Um, you know, and then you know maybe next season they get everybody back healthy and. You know, maybe they make a run for it again. But if they get into the playoffs, man, that's kind of what I'm hoping. And I know you guys probably are too. So um, just got to well, take I don't it. Know, well, I don't know about Anthony, really. He's he's just a part-time Mariners fan, especially uh, when, he was, when he was yeah. with, when he was the bat boy a couple of years ago for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So that's how I feel, man. I got to take it a game, by, you know, game at a time and just see what they can do, man. Like, they just can't – they can't just drop a game 12 to 1. You know, they can't – they got to – you know they got to keep going off this all this energy off this win today. So we'll see. Definitely got to grind Definitely. it out. Yep. Hey Jeremy, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Hey, you have a, you have yourself a great night, brother. And keep watching this and keep watching the rest of the podcast tonight, man. All right, we'll do, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. Have Take a good care. night, man. Have a good one. There's Jeremy right there. So uh, he made a really good point. Uh, the Mariners mm-hmm. cannot be dropping games the way they do. Um, look, a loss here and there is fine, but mm-hmm. it's when games. Again, especially these last two games against the Yankees where they lost and the A's lost. Those are games that you have to capitalize on, especially when you – because, look, again, I've said it. If the Mariners don't get to the playoffs this year, I consider this season a victory because of how well they have progressed, Mm -hmm. with how well the rookies are playing, especially and especially with how well – Logan Gilbert has been pitching because he's ever since his, I want to say the third start, he has just been pitching out of his damn mind. Definitely. And they're a developing ball club. So a year like this is just, you know, it's, it's a positive for the franchise. They're, they're moving in the right direction. They're definitely not, you know, backpedaling in in the opposite direction. Definitely um, an improvement upon their, their previous years. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And, uh, so, uh, real quickly, before Alyssa comes on, I do want to also talk about this. Uh, J.P. Crawford, mm-hmm. uh, I think, was snubbed. Was severely snubbed at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he still, he still has a chance at it. With, he does uh, still have a chance. They, they said yeah. that uh, both uh, that uh, Scott Service has been sending Kevin Cash text messages. Mm-hmm. That, uh, again, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve have dropped out of it. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. Both Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa uh, kind of gave bullshit excuses uh, for opting out of the the All Star game. Look, it, actually, Carlos Correa did really give a bullshit answer. It was more of a, uh, you know, he wants to spend the All Star break with his wife, who is about to give birth to, mm-hmm. I think, their first child. Yeah. But Jose right. Altuve saying, "Oh, I, I I've got a leg issue," uh, bullshit. I've seen. He then went to make uh, what another excuse? He wants to be the be there for his team. Yeah, and look, here's the thing: I I don't believe any of this. Um, The only one that I believe is Carlos Correa. I I really do believe Carlos Correa, but um, Mm -hmm. in retrospect, I feel that both Altuve and Correa are opting out of the playoff or out of opting out of the All Star game because they don't want to deal with the Boo Birds. And they do not want to be in that American League locker room. Mm-hmm. That is something that they do not want. They don't want to be in that locker room with guys who are going to 
for one, uh, give Jose Altuve a swirly because of how <laughs> short that little dude is. But they will – I don't think it was a good idea to send any uh, – well, you have to have someone representing each team. But yeah. the fact that they're opting out, they know that they they would get treated badly. I'm willing to bet you a million dollars that they would have gotten treated so poorly. Well, they were they were um, they weren't the the original selection, were they? They yeah. weren't. I don't think so. Let's see. That must that means they they uh, most likely had another pick to uh, join the All Star game. If I'm you know correct on that I'm trying to look it up now but i'm not seeing anything but otherwise yeah um you know to see them both opt out you kind of have speculations you gotta you gotta wonder is it because of this or is it because of that is it because the uh the fans the the locker room presence or is it really truly because of personal reasons you never know but you know obviously speculations can can be made from both both sides of the arguments yeah, and uh, getting on to the Home Run Derby, um, I'm actually looking forward to this Home Run Derby. I'm not even oh, yeah. going to lie. I'm actually looking forward to this Home Run Derby. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, the last time the All-Star Game was at Coors Field, we all know who won the Home Run Derby. We all know who won the Home Run Derby. And now we got a nice, decent selection of power hitters coming into. Yeah, uh, and we got Vladimir Guerrero. Or is it Vlad Jr.? That's Is he competing? No, he's not this year. Okay. Um, so you've got well, Shohei Otani, you've got Joey Gallo, Juan Soto, uh, Trevor Story representing the Rockies in Colorado, which is awesome. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot too. Uh, Salvador Perez, which is kind of an interesting pick. You know, see, you don't, I don't, I don't really, I didn't really agree with that one because yeah, I didn't. Perez not is not really either. on a home run tear. I think he has what ten home runs. I think he's got somewhere around what 14, 15, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so so, so it's, a decent amount for a catcher, but I don't look at him as a power hitter. So I don't, you know, it's kind of an no. odd choice. Uh, you got Matt um, Olson, another power hitter. Uh, Peter and now Longo. I like, I did like Matt the the Matt Olson one. I did oh, like yeah. that one. Oh yeah. Um, Pete but, Alonso, um, and then uh, Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini. That's going to be a fun one to watch after coming back from uh, what was it? He had cancer, I believe. Correct. He did have cancer, and I, honestly, I kind of want to cheer for Trey Mancini because oh, I yeah. want to see. Just a storybook home run derby winner. Oh, yeah. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Um, Shohei Otani is doing things that we as a generation have never seen before. Um, he has 32 home runs as we speak before the All-Star break. And he is set to possibly be the first player in a long time to hit 60 plus home runs the right way with without any steroids without any growth hormones or whatever but it's just we're seeing something that we haven't seen since what the 1920s with Babe Ruth or and it's it's just interesting because um, I also want to criticize MLB Network because they said I, I can't remember who it was I think it might have been Mark DeRosa uh who said that, you know, I don't think he should be hitting. I think he should just be pitching. And look, here's the thing. You're, you're MLB network for a reason. Mm-hmm. Don't play down Shohei Otani like that, because oh, yeah. this is a, this is a once in a generation player. I don't think it, it's going to be a long. I don't, I don't know if we will ever see a player like Shohei Otani again, because um, not many, I don't think, I'll, I don't think players can do what Shohei's doing. Mm-hmm. 
and on top of that, um, for me personally, why why would you want to you know with a guy of that caliber, a guy of that talent, why would you why would you prefer him to pitch over over um, be being an offensive threat when when offense is definitely the the main marketing point of the MLB? You want to see home runs whenever you're at a game. You want to see home runs. You want to see hits. They don't go. A lot of the fans, unfortunately, they don't go for the pitching. Mm-hmm. I mean. There are some people, you know, true true fans of the game who see both sides that love the pitching. They love they love seeing defensive plays. They love seeing the bit the the little the little plays here and there. You know what I mean? But um, for for just an average um, viewer who doesn't really know much about baseball, you're gonna want to market heavy home run hitters like Shohei Otani. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I don't really like that he's competing in the home run derby because uh, I want to go out, go ahead and point out Nelson Cruz. He's never competed in the home run derby because mm-hmm. he has stated that it would throw his swing off. And that's what I'm a little bit worried about. Shohei Otani is, mm-hmm. are you going to, are you going to be able to continue your swing the way you have in the first half going into the second half after doing a home run derby? Um, that's why I'm kind of hoping that Shohei Otani does not make it out of the first round. I want. I don't want him to, uh, to possibly damage that swing. I don't want him to damage his arm to where uh, his season's going to come to an end because uh, he is scheduled to both pitch and hit in this All Star game. Mm-hmm. They haven't stated when he's going to pitch. I believe that he should be the starter for the American League. Okay, but I see him as know, a mid, like like a mid game entrance i see him somewhere around the fourth fifth inning maybe a little earlier third possibly mm-hmm. um but on the topic of that you know him him entering the home run derby i think um you might have retweeted this as well on twitter uh it was what angels hitting coach um he had jeremy reed a name yeah. that i haven't heard in a long time mm-hmm. former mariner by the way yeah he had mentioned shohei otani he doesn't even take batting practice and he's yeah. and he's doing all this crazy crazy stuff this this year you know what i mean um, so to see him enter the, the home run derby, um, if, if, if all, all that is, that was said was true about him not taking batting practice, uh, pregame to have him enter the home run derby, which is almost in a way batting practice, you kind of got to wonder, is that going to mess with his swing? Exactly. Yeah. And we got our special guest tonight, Alyssa Charlson from Q13 Fox. How are we doing, Alyssa? I'm good guys. How are we doing? Thanks good. for having me on. Oh, not too bad. Thanks for joining us in, uh, in honor of you. Got to open the White Claw. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll have uh, water. <laughs> not as cool. Definitely not as cool. No, it's okay. Right. Um, I, I support it. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's key. I'm the, yeah, especially I'm the only especially one. here in Arizona. Oh, yeah, especially. Yeah, she, uh, he's, he's living in the 110-degree weather. Oh, yeah. Woof. And you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. Like, that's. It's been a rough year. <laughs> I'm, kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Originally from the Bay Area, and now I'm living in this oven of a you state. All right, Alyssa. Yeah. <laughs> so in honor of you being on the show, we have to play a quick little round of a million dollars butt with you. Uh, both me and Anthony know the rules, but here's the game. It is called a million dollars butt where you get a million dollars, but you have to perform a very interesting situation. Okay, so I have to like bring out a weird talent to earn a million dollars. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But it's but you 
then have to explain why you will either take the million dollars or not take the million dollars. Okay, wait, so to be clear. <laughs> okay, no, no problem. To, I have to do something cool to earn a million, like something that I'm really good at to earn a million dollars. So no, you will actually get a million dollars. Okay. You get a million dollars, but something happens to you every time this situation happens. Okay. Okay, so are we ready? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I thought, never mind. Okay, so it's like a quick okay. thing. You tell me something. Okay. All right, cool. So, a million dollars. But every time you... <laughs> Even I'm laughing at this one. Um, every time you see a stop sign, you have to wax off all the hair on your body below the neck. Every what? time you see a stop sign? Oh, every see, boy. here's the thing. Um, I'm going to say no, I'm not... I'm not doing it. I'm not taking that because I'm an Amazon driver. I see a stop sign every goddamn day. <laughs> definitely. Oh, definitely. So, so I would, I would not do this. I don't think anybody would do this. I'm not getting this. It's look, here's the thing. The, the arm hair, that's not going to hurt the back hair. That's not going to hurt leg hair. It might hurt a little bit, but everything in between that, that'll hurt. I, I'm not going <laughs> to take that. <laughs> My answer is hard no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, I'm not an Amazon driver, and I see at least four stop signs a day. Uh, that sounds like hell. And I'm not. Uh, you can earn a million bucks another way from me. That's oh, a no. Yeah. Uh, no for me, too. Honestly, yeah, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like waxing in general. My girlfriend's tried to do it on me. I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. No. Okay. So one more round. <laughs> million dollars but I, I hopefully this is a better one <laughs> find out okay so a million dollars uh but every time you're asked to donate money money what the hell did i just say money okay money. million dollars a million dollars but every time you you're asked to donate money you meet your hero and immediately vomit on them so here's the thing i'm gonna go ahead and say i'll do this because I don't really get asked to donate money that often. I don't really get spam calls. So I'll still get a million dollars. But this is how I also see it. Uh, my hero growing up was Ken Griffey Jr. So I'm hoping that everybody at least once a day asks me to donate money. So that way I can actually just talk to him. And I'll just say this. Look, I'll tell Griffey, look, I've got to meet you every day. But can I please just, just throw up on your shoes? Just wear really horrible shoes. That is an exception I'm willing to take. You're willing to vomit on your childhood hero on a daily basis? What? Well, I mean, I don't really get asked. I don't really get asked to donate money that often. That's why oh, yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. For, oh, go you go. Yeah, yeah. You okay. go. Uh, for me personally, hard no. Um, why would I want to ruin, you know, like my perception of my childhood hero just covered in vomit? And why would I want to do that to him? Why would I want to put him through that? First off, I don't even know who my childhood hero is. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm trying, to think of, I'm trying to think of who my childhood hero would be too. Um, I, I loved Christy Yamaguchi and Michelle Kwan growing up, and I would hate to disrespect them in that way. But also, like, it's a million dollars. Second of all, <laughs> should they be your childhood hero if they get mad at you for that? 
every day. Well, like could, if I'm someone else's childhood hero, I'd be like, okay, yes, I guess I'll show up every time at Safeway when you get asked on your little screen, do you want to donate to the children's hospital? I'll show up and like, if you get a million dollars, that's okay. I'll take the vomit. Like I'll take some chunks. But, well, also in here, look at it this way. Um, you'll have a million dollars, so you'll just buy your, your hero a new pair of shoes every time. Okay, we found a workaround. Or, or split, <laughs> split the profit, 50-50. Split the profit, exactly. There you go. Give, donate to them every time. Yeah. yeah. Who makes up these questions? Because these are incredibly specific. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, this game is is actually – you can actually buy this. I'll, say, I'll actually DM you the link. It's actually Perfect. not a bad drinking game. I'll say that. <laughs> but um, – uh, it is a company called Rooster Teeth. They're based out of Austin, Texas. Um, Rooster Teeth used to be big. I'm not a big Rooster Teeth fan anymore, but they used to. They made a really cool web series called uh, Red vs. Blue, perhaps one of the most popular web series of all time. But anyway, Alyssa, enough with the million dollars. Let's get into some sports. Uh, we were just talking Mariners. Um, you know, the Mariners are possibly going to be going here into the All-Star break between three, if not two games back of the wild card. I mean, what is up with these Mariners? I mean, there's, there's something totally different about this Mariners team this season. It does feel different this year, but I will say we cannot forget the past 12 years where they kill it before the all-star break. And then they let us down after, um, because that happens all the time. Uh, so I think what a lot of people continually give Scott service, a ton of credit because they've dealt with injuries. You don't have Kyle Lewis. You don't have, Justin Dunn at full health for a while. You didn't have Marco Gonzalez. Like, yes, he's done a lot with injuries and a lot with youth. Um, but to really be impressive, I think they need to make the playoffs and continue to do what they're doing right now after this all-star break. Continue the hitting. J.P. Crawford, keep, you know, fueling him. Let him have some more freedom and more just continue to build his ego in the locker room in any way you can because he's such a lighthearted um spark plug for this team logan gilbert can we talk about him i mean i'm sure you guys already yes, did today. yes let's let's talk about logan retiring, gilbert I will... retiring 18 batters straight tonight against the yankees like it was nothing scott service mm -hmm. said like that's what they expect out of him he's beyond his years he does not get phased and he's he's been fantastic if you continue to have that marco getting back on track i mean i know he's had a couple rough pitching debuts or outings but I mean, that the man has gone through a lot this year, um, yeah. not just having a baby. So mm. I, there's there's a lot of pieces in this team that I think if you can continue to keep them together, you got to sustain it after the All-Star break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, we're starting to see a youth movement with the, with the Mariners. Already mentioned, definitely, uh, a lot of younger guys coming up and trying to earn a spot. How many years out would you say the Mariners are from – really competing and, and getting their pieces together to potentially make a run for uh postseason and, and much more than that. It's gotta be next year. I you think, think next like, year? yeah. I mean, get okay. Kyle Lewis back. We'll see mm -hmm. how Kelnick, you know, like Kelnick finishes this year when they bring him back. I'm imagining it's going to be close to after the all-star break, give him, mm -hmm. you know, they've let him kind of do his thing and in, in AAA. Um, but that's got to be the expectation of 2022. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're waiting to see if Service and Depoto get re-signed. Right now, they're not operating on a contract beyond this season. So mm -hmm. the goal, they told us this was going to be another rebuilding year. Next year has to be it. You've got a decent rotation. You've got mm -hmm. a, a good bullpen. Um, and next year, I think it has to be it. Do you guys, what do you guys see? Um, so 
I'm agreeing with you. I it, it is next year that the Mar- I believe that the Mariners are, gonna, are actually going to start really competing and showing that uh, they're going to be a serious contender for the in the American League West. Um, uh, I did make a video. I want to say a couple of years ago, and I made a prediction that. It, what the hell was that? <laughs> Name that buzz. Was that someone walking past? I don't. I I don't know if that was. I heard a big old buzz. <laughs> I heard the buzz. It, it might have just been on my side. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. yeah. But anyway, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I made a video a couple of years ago saying that in 2024, I believe that the Mariners, they will have everything. They will have all their pieces. They will have their big bats. They will have all their prospects up. And I feel like 2024 is the year that the Mariners are not just competing for the American League West. They're competing for the pennant, and they're going to win a World Series. I believe that 2024 is going to be the Mariners' year. Um, ironically, it's Griffey year. It'll be 2024. Ooh, I like that. So just imagine, and I, 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 I will go ahead and put it out there. I will. I would have been the first to call the World Series, and I'll be like, hey, Sports Illustrated, can you put me on the cover of Sports Illustrated because I called it? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I do, I do see the Mariners next year. They're going to get – uh, not just better uh, hitting wise, but they're going to get better pitching wise because uh, I don't, I don't see, I see Brandon Williamson who is down in double a Arkansas. I, uh, with this, in, with this, yeah, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I don't see Julio being down in the minors for long. I mean, later this month, he's going to Tokyo to play in the Olympics for the Dominican Republic. We have Eric Falia down in triple a, who's going to be representing the United States at, in Tokyo. So that's going to be a, uh, just incredible. I can't wait to watch the baseball being played in Tokyo again, but uh, getting back to the Mariners, uh, you know, with this injury to Justin, Justice Sheffield, uh, if it's more serious than they expected, I kind of foresee, uh, I kind of foresee, you know, Brandon Williamson possibly getting the call up because Jerry DePoto has stated on the radio that once they get up to double A, then that is where it ends. Basically they are ready to get called up to the big leagues because really I kind of foresee, I kind of see double a as that area in minor league baseball, where it is competitive, where all of those prospects are there. You have the tough prospects. You have that tough pitching. You have that tough hitting triple a is just a kind of journeyman's league. Uh, you don't really yeah. have those prospects up there which is why we're seeing the success that we are from Jared Kelnick. But I love the success that I'm seeing from Jared Kelnick right now. He is getting, um, he is getting so much confidence mm-hmm. and we've, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, Alyssa, and I want to ask you, I think the failure at the big league level for Jared Kelnick was healthy for him. He never, ever, ever went through a failing process now he gets sent back down to Tacoma. Now he's got to get that confidence boost. And we've seen him not just get that confidence boost, but uh, a problem that I was uh, seeing with him, he couldn't hit the ball to the opposite field. He's been pu- punching the ball to the opposite field a lot in AAA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge to see his growth and kind of like it, it, I think it's not ideal that it's happened this late in his career. I mean, he's still very young. We know that. But like to have – cruised as he has this whole way 
Um, a lot of people didn't see the humility in him. It was a lot of confidence that you have to have if you're going to be a superstar. But to fail at that at that major league level, um, I think it will humble him as he goes mm-hmm. back down. And it was in front of a full capacity crowd, so I guess that I mean that helps a little bit too. <laughs> um, but everybody was after that. What was it? His second game where he went off, people were raving. I mean, yeah. Seattle was so excited about him. Um, the fact that he's able to make adjustments, the fact that he's making adjustments right now, we're going to see how coachable he truly is because that's what's mm-hmm. going to determine his success. How coachable are you at this level? Cause you don't have the full tool belt. We saw that when he was striking out and um, hardly making contact before he got sent down. So how coachable is he? How, um, who, who is behind him? Who's, who's coaching him? Who's teaching him? I'd love to see Ichi get in there and um, get in his head and teach him a few things, but that could be, one of the more exciting prospects. And I think earlier I might've said Justin Dunn was injured. I meant to say Sheffield. So I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah. If I make a mistake um, on it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's fine. We all make mistakes on the podcast, oh, yeah. but um, the, the, the real thing that I am most concerned and, and I'm, and I'm going to go ahead and state this is we've seen so much positivity come from the fans that, Oh, we're so excited for these rookies, these prospects. We, you know, we haven't had a farm system like this in a long time, but what I saw today, I saw just two of them and I can't find the tweets anymore. I think they might've been deleted, but there was a tweet saying, why are we relying on all of this young talent? It's not a guarantee. And that's a little bit of a fear of mine. I do have a little bit of a fear that, you know, not all of these prospects are going to pan out. But I have a feeling that 60% of these prospects that we are counting on uh, are going to pan out. Because, honestly, I haven't seen anything from Julio Rodriguez that tells me that this kid is not going to be a superstar. Uh, Everything from Jared Kelenic has told me that he's not going to be a superstar. Again, when he struggled, it was a good, healthy thing for him because he... It happened early in his career. He got sent back down, get that confidence booster. The one guy, and I've continued to rant and rave about this guy. The one guy that I'm so excited to see when he gets the call up, and I want to say it might be here at the end of the All-Star break, is Cal Raleigh. Cal Raleigh. And yes. (laughs) So the reason why I'm so excited for him is because he – will not be another Mike Zanino. And real quickly, big shout out to Mike Zanino for making the all-star game here in Colorado. Uh, so happy for Mike Zanino, uh, even though that he was a strikeout machine for the Mariners, still loved him in a Mariners uniform. But yeah, the Mariners don't want to have another, uh, they do not want to have another Mike Zanino. What they have done differently with Cal Raleigh is Cal Raleigh has going gone through each and every single uh class for the Mariners. Mm -hmm. His progression has been amazing. And I don't want to say that Kyle Raleigh is going to be a, that he's going to be a superstar. I I don't want to say that all of our prospects are going to be a superstar, but if you get a Kyle Raleigh to come up here, hit between uh, 250 and 270, you know, hit between 23 and 25 home runs, driving 75 run uh, RBIs, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that's what Kyle Raleigh's potential is right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. And if you get a catcher, honestly, that not necessarily is a superstar, but can fill in the role as, as an above average offensive uh, contributor and, and, you know, just help out the team in that way, that's more than enough. 
You gotta yeah. have it. And mm-hmm. I think by the time he gets up there, it's going to be like, he'll be more of a fine wine. They're letting him age at the right <laughs> oh, yeah. process. And oh, we've yeah. seen, I love it. With, with, didn't they bring up Zanino a little too early? I can't remember. They, if that did. Was one they, of the, they brought him up way yeah. too friggin' early. They Boiled him. Yeah. Um, I will go ahead and say this. So real quickly, Alyssa, this is a non-censored podcast, but uh, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, fuck the Jack Sorensics and fuck the Bill Bazies. <laughs> they, because um, I do want to ask you this though, because this is a big, big question that I think a lot of Mariner fans might agree with me on. But um, the one guy that I think truly set the Mariners back 10 years and I'm gonna. I will take this to the grave. Is Bill Bavese? I think he truly is the reason why the Mariners have been in this kind of a downward spiral. Why they haven't made the playoffs? Because Bill Bavese had one of the brightest, brightest young prospects in AAA called Adam. His name was Adam Jones. Traded him for a pitcher was who was made out of glass. And I want to say, if you had a Felix Hernandez and an Adam Jones on this team, the Mariners could have possibly build, could have built a team around them and mm-hmm. maybe have not have been a poverty franchise for this long. Well, you had those sweet years with Canella, and obviously there was a huge dip. I mean, with Sorensic as well, like that's both of them absolutely killed. And Felix's deal Knowing his work ethic now, I mean, all the respect to the King, but that dude's work ethic hurt this team too. So signing yeah. him to that long, he was going to be, and we made it impossible for him to win because there was no, oh. there was no offensive help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, I will say, so real quickly, Alyssa, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I really mm-hmm. think, look, I love Felix to death. Felix, in my opinion, belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Mariners because of just his dedication and how much he really gave to this city. But I want to say I wished he would have never signed that contract with the Mariners and would have gone to New York and possibly won a ring because I feel so sorry that Felix will never get that chance ever. It is heartbreaking. That is absolutely heartbreaking. And I was like emotional watching his last game, mostly because of that reason. Like he, I, w- I was there, and when uh, he got taken out for the final for the final time, I was mm-hmm. crying my eyes out. Tough, that's so tough. And I players mean, like that deserve. But there, I don't know. There are other things you can do if you're supposed to be a leader on the team. You got to have some responsibility on you too. And he was mm-hmm. the best player on that team with each row. Yeah. With each row, he had each row for how many years? Uh, about a, I want to say about uh, five Six. years. Six. Was it six? Was it six? Around there. But yeah. you know, Ichiro's not going to step up and lead a locker room. He's not going to give a pep, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. a speech to rally the crowd. He's mm-hmm. That, that should have been on Felix. And from what I know, Felix was not easy to be around in the locker stubborn. room. So, <laughs> stubborn as hell and lazy. No. So it's at the end, at the end of it. So that's yeah. my... Um, no, I, but, I agree with, I agree with that 100%. Felix definitely, his work ethic, uh, I want to say over the last two, three years of his last years with the Mariners, he was uh, not the same Felix. He was lazy. Um, and especially that year that he got demoted to the bullpen, he was just very disgruntled. 
didn't really care anymore. And and that's not how you that's not how you should act as a player. That really is not mm-hmm. how you should act as a player or as a leader. Um, real quickly though, I do want to go ahead and get into this. The Sounders are on a 13 game unbeaten streak, new MLS record. Brand spanking new MLS record. Raul Ruiz is on a scoring rampage. And Eliza, I want to ask, is this the best goddamn Sounders team we've ever seen? Talent-wise, this is the most depleted they've been, which yeah. is crazy. They've had so many injuries. They've got guys away on international break. Like, both Roldan brothers are gone, and they are still either drawing, getting draws, or winning like they did last night. And shout-out to Kellen Rowe, who knew this year out of federal way. He's a local product. Let's go. Love that. Love it. Love the blonde faux hawk. Um, <laughs> this team has been incredible. And speaking to some of their analysts, like they've been Brad Evans, a uh, former sounder. He's like, this is easily the most injured and most like adversity driven team. Like they've, they've handled more adversity than any team he's seen in the past. And when you say this could be the best sounders team ever, that's saying so much because we know they've won the MLS cup twice. They've never missed the playoffs in their, since they've been around. Something the mayors can't say. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the exact opposite of what the Mariners it's unreal like this team is so so freaking talented and they're still they're not doing it with like flashy offense so no no when they go to the game it's not flashy offense but it's still fun and Raul Ruiz Diaz somehow you still have a guy that's competing for the golden boot with uh Hernandez down in uh with the LA Galaxy Galaxy yeah, yeah. um so. This Sounders team, though, like, like you said, it's depleted. We don't have Stephen Fry. We don't have Jordan Morris. Right. We don't have Nicholas Ladero. The, 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 fact that the, the fact that this Sounders team has been competitive for 13 straight matches, not losing a single game. I mean, I'll say this. I don't want the Sounders to win the Supporters' Shield. I don't. I don't want them to win the Supporters' Shield because we all know that that trophy's cursed. Nobody wins the MLS Cup when, <laughs> when you win this. When this, look at us when we won the Supporter Shield, we sucked in the first round. We got knocked out. I mean, I don't want us to win that, but I think though that if the Sounders were to win the Supporter Shield this year, it would be a different team because they wouldn't say they would not be like other teams where they say, "Oh, we're the best. We're going to have a cakewalk to uh, the MLS Cup." I feel like this team would say, to hell with this trophy. This trophy doesn't mean anything unless we are holding up the MLS Cup at the end of the season. That's what matters to them, for sure. The weird thing, though, that Brad Evans told me is that the Supporters' Shield matters a lot to the players because it's who was the best overall East and West. A little bit less with, you know, countrywide, nationwide this season, but... um, Winning the MLS Cup, that would be, they just continue to do insane, crazy things. And that's what matters to fans at the end of the day, because it's cooler to say you have a team that's won the MLS Cup three times. Um, but that the way that they've done it, you're right. At the end of the season, when things, everybody's still trying to just stay healthy and you have to rely so much on Gus and what you've done at the end of games to stay in them and win them, this team has done that over and over again. And you don't have a doubt at the end of the game. Like you don't have a doubt if they're tied that the other team, they're going to stop the other team. There's no way the other team is going to score and win because it hasn't happened in 13 games. But you also know that guys like Raul Ruiz Diaz will step up because he's got that moxie and that confidence. Um, it's, and Brian Schmetzer stays 
this way the whole time. He never gets up or down or like inter- interviewing him, talking him talking to the media is the funniest thing because he doesn't let anybody get too excited about what they're doing. Exactly. And speaking of a guy who gave a funny interview, I want to go ahead and say this. Uh, Nico Kucherov, last night for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know if you saw that interview. I didn't watch it. Uh-uh. Um. Okay. So I, I let me go. Ahead, let me go ahead and pull this up. So I will go ahead and play this clip for you, uh, for everyone. But uh, so first of all, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, winning the winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, knew that was going to happen because as soon as they went down three games to none, it was over. The the, the, the whole series was over. But uh, here's Nico Kucherov's uh, post game interview. Lightning. We have Nikita Kucherov. Media, please Back raise your hand me. if you have a question. We'll start with Joe Smith, the athletic. Joe, let's hear it. <laughs> Just, let's uh, how would you describe your congratulations? Uh, how would you describe your emotions right now after doing what you guys did? I, I, I don't know what to say. Back to back, and you know, I, I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and to be able to win this game is huge. Wesley was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wesley, you MVP. You, you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas, the Vezina. <laughs> and then last year, they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bull. Number one bull. Wesley oh. took both cups. You know, he took MVP, and I was keep telling him, he's MVP. He's the guy that <laughs> is the best. You know, he was on his head today, and you know, he kept us in the game, and another shout out for by him, remarkable. Can't even tell more. I'm so happy we. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted. The fans in Montreal, come on, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, they, Tampa they, Bay Times. Their final was last last series. So real quickly, oh, um, wow. again, huge. First of all, can we just say that Tampa Bay is now the new city of champions because of what they've gone through through two years? <laughs> okay, <laughs> Alyssa, I just loved you. I just loved you for that one. No, but it is kind of it is kind of sickening that. We had the Rays in the World Series. We had Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl. We had the Lightning win the Mickey Mouse Stanley Cup last year during the COVID. Now mm-hmm. we have the Tampa Bay Lightning actually winning the Cup. But again, Nico Kucherov last night, I loved his interview because he he was right. Um, the, the Canadian fans were basically celebrating when they were down 3-1. to one. You can't celebrate when you're down 3-1 to one like that. I get that you won game four, but you still have three games to try to win, and mm-hmm. they couldn't do it. Well, it had been 28 years since they'd been there. So, like, yeah. They, yeah. I think they kind of knew deep down we got to celebrate this because there's no chance no. in hell that we're winning the Stanley Cup after those <laughs> oh, first yeah. three games. Come on. Like, I, I get, like, <laughs> don't celebrate, like, like, act like you've been there, but they haven't been there for 28 years, and uh-huh. they're getting throttled. So, like if I'm if I'm Montreal, if I'm the Canadians, I'm I'm probably acting like I won the finals too, just to <laughs> celebrate it. Because who knows if they're ever going to be back there? Got to be so, appreciative of the little things, right? Uh, yeah. Have so to. real quick. Yeah. So real quickly, Alyssa, there was a fan at the game who held up a sign. Um, I think he's a POS for the rest of his life. Um, 
I think I showed Anthony this photo. Yeah. Did I show? Yeah, I showed yeah. Anthony this photo. Bad, terrible. No. Um, <laughs> he he posted it was I'm missing the birth of my first child to watch this game, and it was the game that they lost. And here's <laughs> the thing: sports are great. Sports, I want to say, are very important to us. They're near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. But I hope <laughs> I hope someone is starting a GoFund for that for that woman because she is divorcing his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. I think that is awful. I don't think it's something to be proud of. I don't think it's funny. I think that's something he dude is trying to get on Barstool and Barstool will totally embrace it. Oh screw the, Barstool. The birth of your child, right? Like ninety nine percent of the time. Screw Barstool. They're funny sometimes, but they're they're more. <laughs> the so real quick, Lilith said the only good thing about Barstool is the starting nine. That's it. That's the only good thing about Barstool. Um, End of list. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, when I saw that photo, I'm just thinking, what kind of piece of shit are you? And, and again, Alyssa, you can speak freely for God's sakes, but. I'm thinking in my mind, you are missing the birth of your first child for a freaking hockey game? And you're publicizing it. Like, you want it out there. You want people to know that you're a POS human. Like, how much of a douchebag are you? (laughs) Ugh, that's ugly. That's ugly. I'm trying to remember any other terrible signs we've seen. Well, maybe, I mean, that's only second to the uh, the Tour de France fan holding the giant cardboard sign that yeah. literally caused like 28 injuries. Yeah, that was, uh, I, think that that, was not... I mean, actually, I still think the missing of birth, birth of your child comes number one, worst human so. award. Um, Tour de France comes next. That fan might still be at large. <laughs> Definitely. Still large. Now, um, um, not to interrupt, we got a question in the chat. Mike McGuffey, what do you think Marco needs to work on if he wants to get back to 2024? That's what I said. I was actually about to bring up that point just mm-hmm. real quick. To me, no. Yeah. I mean, it. Last year was so mentally taxing on people. And I'm not trying to give anybody an excuse, but um, I think focus-wise, has just been tough. He didn't have the same kind of spring training that he normally gets mm-hmm. um, because his mother-in-law passed away, so he wasn't there. I mean, I can't imagine being there mentally. That's got to mm-hmm. be tough. Um, he didn't get the same kind of preparation. And I think with COVID, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to make excuses, but I think um, command is what service says. His command yeah. has not generally been where it's been in the past. And it's because he's such a routine guy. He's such a, you know, based on mm-hmm. what he does every single day when he's starting. Um, his whole life has, has changed a little bit with baby girl coming in. We know that, but mm-hmm. Um, I think most of us would probably agree it's it's command and it's just that locked in mentality. Yeah, and I like what but you I don't worry up, about uh, it. At the end of the day, I'm not worried at uh-huh. all. Oh yeah, I, I know him. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Worried. And I I like the point you made. You made uh, routine being off. Definitely could could be a potential for for what we're seeing out of him. Um, when you're not when you're not in the same flow and you're not in the same mindset, you can throw a lot of things off. Definitely. Especially as a pitcher, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. Alyssa, this is a big question that I also wanted to ask. Uh, that, uh, uh, by the way, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. 
I also want to say that you are the second female uh, sports analyst to come on this show next to Maura Dooley, who oh, I Oh, Maura is awesome. Yeah, I I will say this though. I um I highly respect both of you guys because or excuse me, both you gals. <laughs> I want to be a little <laughs> bit PC real quick. But no, um because whenever I hear oh women don't belong in sports, this and that, I I hate it because I'm going to say this. When it comes to sports, when you do women like you who talk sports, you guys rock. You guys kick ass because appreciate that. Because women do belong in sports. Hell, if women didn't belong in sports, USA wouldn't have a World Cup on four World Cups, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Holy but, um, but uh, so uh, a couple nights ago, Justice Sheffield pitches a horrible game, uh, gets booed off the field, and is attacked on Instagram. A few nights prior to that, Marco pitches a horrible game. Is attacked and what people attacked his wife on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing. We as fans, we we get frustrated. Don't get me wrong. I've I've criticized Marco on social media. I've said he he has stunk this year. He hasn't been to his form this year. That's different. Going onto a player's Instagram or going onto their wife's Instagram. And criticizing them, saying that they need to get out of town, that they should retire. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I it mean, is, I, yeah, go ahead. It's so beyond. Yes, these athletes sign up to be criticized. They're playing in front of crowds that, you know, franchises pay them a lot of money to do what they do. But like you said, it's different when you're going after his baseball. He understands that. I mean, he, that post with, on Instagram that you're talking about, like he, he said, yeah, you guys booed me, you yelled at me, I deserve it. Like, he took ownership of that. I deserve that. Um, To go on his Instagram and, like, comment about his baby girl, like, that post of his new child coming into this Mm -hmm. world and to try and talk crap, that is a whole nother level. And it's not something I would expect out of Seattle fans. That's super disappointing. I'd Mm -hmm. expect it maybe of fans in Philadelphia. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. No, fans from Philadelphia, that's (laughs) – that's not even uh, an, a low for them. <laughs> but it's just, it's, no matter what, as a society, it needs to change. Because you can be the most yeah. hardcore sports fan. You can call things like it is. You can be cool and be, you know, like call things out. Whoever's not playing well, whatever team is trash in the NBA and the MLB, like be honest about that. But to attack personal stuff, mm-hmm. that makes no mm-hmm. sense to me. And I'm glad like Ryan Divish called it out. He brought some attention yeah. to it. And a yeah, lot of no. people backed him up. I think that was cool. Like a lot of people were like, you guys, if you're saying get out of town to this dude who is, you know, had, had a rough start to the season for sure, mm-hmm. after one half of a season, like you are showing that you don't know baseball. You have not exactly. been following what he's done in the last couple of years. Like on Twitter, if I see that, I'm like, maybe if it's been a couple seasons, that makes sense. But like you, you are showing that you don't watch Mariners baseball and you don't know the history of this franchise if you're telling people to leave town. And that's for any player. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And again, look. Look, I, I will admit it. I've I've criticized Justice Sheffield, criticized Marco. That's again, that's totally different. You know, saying, you know, oh, you, you know, he's pitching like crap. He he's doing this. You know, oh my, you know, that's frustration level. That is that's that's fanatic level. But again, to go on to uh, a post about you know his new baby girl, his wife's Instagram. It, it, to me, it's disgusting. Um, I want to compare that to. 
how unclassy like Philadelphia fans are, Boston fans are, and New York fans are. Not to throw them all into one pool, not to throw all Philly, New York, or Boston fans in there, but it is a majority of those types of fans that these people are acting like, and it's and it is disgusting. I I really was ashamed of it because these are not real Mariner fans. These are not people who right. understand the game and who do not represent this fan base. Because I know the Mariners fan base is actually one of the best in baseball. Because when I'll, <laughs> I'll say it again, when the Mariners are winning, you know this th- these fans are unreal. We we saw it in fire. the nineties. We saw it in the nineties. We saw it in the in the two outs. So what? In the Soto Mojo, we've seen it. So these fans are good fans, and again, yeah. those people do not represent us. Yeah, and as as far away as we can pull from them, um, I think is is a good thing. And like, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be all nicey nice to each other and pretend things are great when they're not. And the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in a really, 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 really <laughs> long time. But also, don't be don't lose your humanity. Exactly. Um, Before we get you out of here again, Alyssa, I just want to thank you so much for being on this show. Uh, I want to get you back on this show. We will, we will schedule uh, the podcast on Thursdays to get you back on here whenever, because, because again, Alyssa, I have so much respect for female sports analysts because you gals are just incredible. You guys define sports journalism because you guys, I want to say most of you gals just absolutely take a dump on most of the male sports analysts out there because y'all know more than us. (laughs) I so appreciate the respect that you have for us. It's like I I have all the respect in the world for male or female journalists. And when you see a good one, you know, Um, but there is a lot of extra flack we usually take. Um, mm. it's kind of like starting 10 points down as a mm. female, it's getting way better, but you always have to worry about those like armchair journalists at home. Um, generally older men, but older women as well, that <laughs> kind of doubt you immediately. So let's also not be that. And let's just let everybody start out on an even playing field and mm-hmm. see what they can bring. If they're terrible, that's fine. If they're a female and they're terrible, then they're terrible. If they're terrible and they're a guy, then they're terrible. That is what it is. But I appreciate you having me on and like having conversations like this. No problem. So before we get you out of here, here's a big question. Um, Yesterday was the final, final day of the NHL season where we do not have Seattle Kraken hockey playing. We are, uh, what is it? We are just uh, three months away. We are three months away from the puck dropping at Climate Pledge Arena and a guy that who just won the Stanley Cup, Tyler Johnson for the for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I want to okay. say is on my radar. He's on my radar for the Kraken to go get because I want to say that he's, I think, 27, 28 years old. He is a guy that you can possibly build around. Um, another guy is, uh, you know, Ovi. I would love to have Alec Ovechkin on this team because – uh, if, if if they were to get Alex Ovechkin on this team, uh, I'm going straight out to, straight out and buying his jersey right away. But I mean, there is some expectations for this Kraken team. Most of it is, oh, let's try to be the Golden Knights. But that's from people who just don't know hockey. Uh, the Golden Knights story was a totally different story. But I mean, 
honestly, what are you looking forward to most with this Kraken team? And in this first season for the Kraken, how do you see their season playing out? I'm really excited to see what kind of style they play. And that's one thing I was trying to get out of David Hawksville because I had him on um, for Cue It Up Sports uh, a couple Sundays ago, trying to get an idea of, are you trying to be speedier? Are you trying to be more physical and big? Like what, what, what kind of style are you going for? And he kind of um, mentioned that it, it will, they might be going towards speed and high IQ guys. I'm really interested to see how he does um, because Philadelphia fans are kind of like, you know, question mark, like why, why did Seattle hire this guy? So there is definite doubt about that, but I don't think he was given a ton of great opportunity. I, from what I hear, his GM, he got a new GM once he came into Philadelphia and his GM would not allow him to bring up their goalie, their top goalie within their minor league system um, because he kind of wanted to hire his own head coach. So he was not put into a fortuitous, fortuitous situation. I want to see, I mean, honestly, I love hockey games and I love the physicality, like the fights in person the speed. <laughs> i'm going to be totally honest about it because i've seen spokane chiefs and tyler johnson spokane guy he's from spokane yeah. it would be perfect to bring him out here um mm-hmm. but seeing that level and then like imagining nhl level i've never seen an nhl game in person and i want same. to so same. badly i think okay so it's going to be everyone says like you can watch it on tv and it's fun to watch and it's fast paced mm-hmm. but in person it's going to be so different oh god yes so physical. it's going to be so intense and the Seattle fans, like, how do we get behind them? We have a sick logo. That's all I know for sure. I love mm-hmm. our logo. Um, so, but one of my favorite tweets ever is playoff hockey. It's about playoff hockey, and it's John Boyce, or Bois, B-O-I-S. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can, one can, um, you can watch overtime playoff hockey, or one can simply ju- uh, motorcycle out of the back of a helicopter while snorting cocaine. <laughs> That's how exciting it is. Jeez, Louise. Talk about so, an adrenaline junkie have, right there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Literally that's an adrenaline junkie. Mm-hmm. Literally. But, adrenaline um, and, yeah. <laughs> so, expansion draft, we're going to start building our team name. We're going to have names on the backs of jerseys. 21st. So, uh, one of the colors for the for the Kraken is, uh, is actually kind of like mint green. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Would would you be opposed to an all mint green Kraken jersey? Because I that's one jersey that I was Ooh. I was kind of hoping that we might see because they haven't released the sweaters, they haven't released the uh, they have not released the uh, anything really. They haven't really, yeah. but but it is uh, interesting to see. I would love to see mint green. I think that'd be sick. Um, accent color jerseys, I love. Uh, it can be confusing for me if like you're like the Phoenix Suns and like they have, they look the exact same as like the Utah jazz. Like that's when it gets confusing. I'm like, please just keep it like three general colors. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would love mint green or like kind of like color you have on right now. I know it's Mariners, but kind of that teal. I mean, yeah, I I would be about it. I'd be the teal or mint. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Definitely. All right. Uh, I did get your private chat. You do got to head out. So, Alyssa, <laughs> um, hey, me and Anthony, we, like I said, we both appreciate the hell out of you coming on here, uh, talking sports with us for over 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Definitely. we would just love to have you back on here anytime that you want. Um, you know, anytime that I we would love to have you back on, I'll just shoot you a DM. I know where to find you. 
Perfect. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Love it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. <laughs> Thank you. Love what you guys do covering all the sports and uh, yeah, have me back on. I would love to be back. <laughs> Definitely. Have a great night, Alyssa. Have Thank a good you. one. Bye, guys. Appreciate you. Alyssa right. Charleston. Um, like I said, Anthony, uh, mm-hmm. I have so much respect for women in that field okay. because again, I, I want to, f- I feel like they just put us guys to shame most of the time. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, there's always, you know, different perspectives that, you know, go unseen and, you know, it's, it's good to have diversity. I love it. I love it. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I just got finished with the, the second one, popping, o- popping open a third. Yep. Now, now you had mentioned gotta have the white claws on deck, right? And and yeah, gotta have totally, white. And and you were totally expecting me to have my white claws on deck. I was right? I was really expecting you to have white claws today. But again. instead, all I brought was coffee. I brought water, and I brought some. I brought some Trulies to the meal. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Now, I, so you're shaking it up? Yeah, shaking it up a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Um, no, it's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> How much I you want to bet that? How much you want to bet that, like, if we were to send this to White Claw, they're going to say, oh, we'll sponsor you guys, uh, we'll sponsor the podcast, but you only have to drink White Claws every podcast. <laughs> I mean, on, here's the thing. If you send me the natural lime White Claws mm-hmm. and you're paying me to drink it almost every podcast, I'll do it. Oh, I'm not a, I'm not really a fan of the other flavors, but I, but I should actually kind of – Drink the other flavors, though. <laughs> kind of experiment with them. You know, I just tried for the first time. It was the uh, watermelon, and honestly, I think that's my new favorite. I don't usually drink White Claw, but um, yeah, I think that one's a definite. Actually, definite I did. I, I actually tried the watermelon not too long ago, and it actually so fire, is, dude. So fire. It really is. It's actually yeah. really tasty. But um, yeah. so with Alyssa gone, and uh, like I so uh, real quickly, I do want to talk about this real quick. So. Again, Tampa Bay Lightning winning uh, their second straight Stanley Cup. And Nico mm-hmm. Kucherov with that interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love it. I, I, I love oh, yeah. the f- – and, and here's the thing. Um, Patrick Maroon mm-hmm. for the Tampa Bay Lightning just won his third straight Stanley Cup. Wow. He was part yeah. of the Stanley Cup champions before he went to the Lightning. So yeah. the fact that he has won three straight rings – I want to say that's kind of like goat status almost. You know, it's, you know, all really when, when no matter what sport you, you play, um, your number one goal is to, you know, win a championship, yeah. get to the, get to the, get to the um, competitive level that, that you aspire to, to reach and then, and then win the championship on top of that. And to have him do it three times, three years in a row, uh, two, two different teams, you know, that's that's honestly dream come true times three. That that would blow my expectations out of the water. Oh, one hundred percent. Hold on a second. I'm sending a tweet to Alyssa again. Th- I can't thank her enough mm-hmm. because look, I love having our, our you know Seattle analysts on here. I love having uh, uh, sports athletes on here, but it's just it, it's. It, it you do you do feel a connection to a lot of your guests because again it's so special to have someone mm-hmm. like her on this podcast talking sports and just basically shooting the shooting the crap with her basically. Yeah. Um, I especially love how she uh, she she handled the million dollars butt really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, 
You know, I really do enjoy that game. That game's fun. <laughs> it really is. We got and, we, well. We do have we do have uh, two more rounds before we get out of here. But um, I do also want to say this. Let's talk a little bit of NBA real quick. I know okay. you. I know. I don't know. I know. I'm not a big NBA guy. You're not a mm-hmm. big NBA guy. But the Suns take down the Bucks in Game One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Paul had another fantastic game, and. Here's the thing. So I used to be a big NBA fan. I used to be. I used to love watching the NBA. Oh, I yeah. can't watch it anymore. Uh, the reason why is because I feel like it's. It, so I don't want to throw this as an as an excuse, but I feel like mm-hmm. the NBA has gotten a little bit too political. It's gotten to be uh, just a bunch of. It's it's also gotten to be like soccer, where guys are flopping so much that it's oh, not yeah. fun to watch oh, this yeah. anymore. And might um, I add, might I add, um, from my point of view, my perspective, I'm not really much of a fan just because of um, the competition. It seems like you know players will go to a certain team and stack it, stack it up, and yeah, and, this, and yeah. Go. When you when you put together a, a super team, it's not uh-huh. fun to watch that. Oh yeah, I like the underdog story, which is why you know yeah. baseball. My preference. And here's you, the thing: you never me- know what's going to happen in baseball. You never know. Yeah, let me go ahead and put this. So when Michael Jordan was with the the Chicago Bulls. That was not a super team. People want to – because you had Michael Jordan. That's your superstar. Mm-hmm. You had Scottie Pippen, who was one of the best power forwards that I've seen. He could shoot uh, – back then, the three ball was not really a big thing. But mm-hmm. you had two all-stars on that team. But oh, with yeah. these super teams, you have – three to five all-stars on the team. Like we look at the Um, Warriors and and that's just, you know, a perfect example of of a super team. And again, look at, look at these, look at the teams in the nineties, Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan with the, with the Chicago Bulls. He had Scottie Pippen. He had Ron Harper, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, Horace Grant. So out of all those names that I just named, only one of them is an Mm all-star with, with the Sonics. You had Gary Payton, mm-hmm. you had Sean Kemp, Hershey Hawkins, uh, Detlef Shrimp. You ha- now, Detlef Shrimp, he was an all-star, I believe, uh, I think once in his career. Oh. I can't remember. But, uh, no, and then the Utah Jazz, all they had was Carl Malone and John Stockton. So they didn't mm-hmm. really have – They didn't back then it was not – It was there. there was no such thing as a super team. Mm-hmm. Really, more if so, I want to, would you would you say it was more so? Like you mentioned, a couple, you know, goat caliber players, and then probably a couple key pieces to fill it in. Nowadays, exactly, that's nowadays, exactly what what the, what the NBA was like back then. It was yeah. you had an all star, you had a possible another all star, but mm-hmm. you also had players who knew their uh, spot on the team. Oh yeah. And that's what I loved about 90s basketball, mid-2000s basketball, mm-hmm. because I think I stopped watching basketball probably around, I want to say around the LeBron Miami Heat era. I want to say I really wow. stopped watching. I did watch. 2010, 2011? Uh, 2009. Yeah, 2009 yeah. to 2011, right? Yeah, about that time. Yeah. And again, here's the thing. Super teams are great. That means that you just spent a shitload of money to get uh, what two, three players on your team. But mm-hmm. that's not that's not what makes a team. 
Um, the thing about basketball is it's not a one player. It's not a one player sport. It is a 12 man sport. You have five players who start out on that court and you have seven guys on the bench who play a key in just helping you win a title. This is exactly what the this year's finals is about. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, this year's finals has actually had, um, this year's finals sees Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it for the Bucks. For the Suns, you have Chris Paul, Devin Devin Booker. Booker. Yeah. That's it. This is actually something that I have been waiting to see. Mm-hmm. I have been waiting to see two teams square off in the NBA Finals and not see hardly any All Stars. Mm-hmm. And more that of is exactly playing field, which it can be up yeah. in the air. Who's going to win? Who knows? We'll see. Right. So I still want to yeah. say that the that the Suns might actually take. I, I'm gonna. I, I think I said last week Suns in six. Suns in six. So okay. I'm gonna stick with that. And I think that's a, that. that's a legitimate, you know, um, answer right there. I think I we think all know that, who. Sorry, go ahead. We all know who the Suns and four guys. Uh, how many games <laughs> he's picking? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But um, yeah, definitely more of an even playing field. Going to be more fun to watch for the fans uh, and kind of speculate what, which way is it going to go. It's it's tough to tell. It is, and again, you know, I. I Look, I love Chris Paul to death, and I'm cheering for him. I, I look. Here's the thing: Giannis Antetokounmpo is a superstar. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is a, another possible superstar, mm-hmm. but because I'm seeing Chris Paul in the finals, that is what is putting me towards the Phoenix Suns. I want to see a guy who has gone in his 16 years in the NBA. This is Chris Paul's first trip to the finals. Mm-hmm. This is why I want to see Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns win the finals, win the title, see Chris Paul get that ring. And I I want to say that Chris Paul is going to play for maybe another two, three years. Two, three. Yeah, well, probably a- about two, three years. But yes. I, I want to see Chris Paul get that ring. Mm-hmm. That is what I, I – you want to see players like him who haven't been there get that ring. And it's good to get the, the nice mix rather than the cons- consistency of, oh, LeBron, Steph, back, back – you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So I did want to bring this up. So LeBron James, mm-hmm. I think we had this conversation uh, last week. So let me go – here we go. So LeBron James, right now, on the all-time scoring list, mm-hmm. is number three. He's number three, and I'm looking at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mm-hmm. and LeBron James, three sixty-seven. LeBron, if Le- and here's the thing: LeBron James only needs to play two more seasons because mm-hmm. it will happen. LeBron James is 3,021 points away from becoming the all-time NBA scorer. And the thing about it is is that if I want to bring up the greatest of all time for basketball, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have a list. And the list, if I'm going to just name three players, and this is going from three to one, I'm going LeBron James at number three, Kobe Bryant at number two, and Michael Jordan at number one. People are going to come at me and say, oh, LeBron, LeBron needs to be the number one. He's the GOAT. He's this. There's a reason I have LeBron at number three. Mm-hmm. I have LeBron at number three because of all this flopping bullshit, <laughs> all of this bitching he does, okay. and just all of the antics that he does on and off the court. You didn't see Kobe do this shit. There was only like one time where he had off-court antics and it was with his wife, but you didn't see uh, Michael Jordan have off-court antics, except with the gambling issues and his father's murder. Mm-hmm. But that is now, but the now what I what I see, um, you know, LeBron flop the flopping, I see it as more so a a, a style to his game, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily put it against him. Uh, I I honestly for me personally, I, I would go Jordan, LeBron. You can intertwine, flip the two, who knows, at the end at the end of LeBron's okay, so, career, so- it might it might very well be him at the top. But Kobe, I would put him third. You're putting Kobe third, correct? So, so who's number one again? Um, it could go either or, but I'd say okay. At the end so, of it all, so real it's, quickly, it's most likely I, LeBron at the end of I, it all. So here's the thing. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say this. To me, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were the greatest basketball players I've ever seen play in my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think that, in my opinion, they are the greatest. Mm-hmm. LeBron will go down as the greatest scorer of all time. And LeBron will be that guy that just, he would have a reputation. He, he will have a reputation of getting to the finals, losing more than he won. (laughs) But the thing about it is, is I do believe LeBron James at the end of it all will be called the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, do I agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I agree with it because I cannot look. There are gonna be people on social media who will put their stupid politics, their stupid political beliefs, and mm-hmm. just their stupid beliefs in front of everything, and not see what LeBron did again. I am not a fan of LeBron's on and off court antics. I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. say that right now. This is I'm the not same guy that this is the same guy that accidentally exposed his penis on live TV. So I, I get you there, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, again, LeBron is a player who, when he came out of high school, mm-hmm. He made this game look so easy. Oh yeah, he, the hype the hype was there. The hype was I want to say he fulfilled, that he fulfilled the hype. So I I I'm gonna go ahead and say this. LeBron James is the Ken Griffey Jr. of the NBA because yeah. of how easy he made it look. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um I so if I'm gonna go greatest of all time and go with 
Uh, we're, we're about to get into this here in a second, too, with our Mount Rushmore and NFL because we uh, there was a story that got brought up on mm-hmm. Twitter, and it's been a, been a really big controversy. But if I'm going to go greatest of all time in three in uh, four sports, baseball, football, basketball, and soccer, I'm going baseball is Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Before anybody says I'm a homer, the reason why I picked Griffey is because not be not because he was a Mariner. That is not the reason I'm choosing it. I'm saying Griffey because he really was the greatest. There was no Mike Trout is second to Griffey. You think you think Trout second already with Um I think Mike Trout is second to Griffey because of just how easy he has made everything look. Yeah. Um, um, I can see where you're going there. Yeah. 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 Football. If I'm going football, I know people are going to criticize the shit out of me for saying this. Mm-hmm. It is Tom Brady. Oh, I, there, I agree. There I is agree. no doubt in my freaking mind. Tom Brady is the greatest football player that has ever mm-hmm. put on cleats, put on pads, put on a helmet and put that uniform on. He has got seven fingers to show why he's the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and look, that's not what defines Brady as the greatest of all time. That's not, that's actually part of it. Mm-hmm. The reason why I put Brady as the, the greatest of all time is because he's, he's just done things that no one has ever done in the NFL. He oh, made yeah. it look easy. Now, and, go ahead. Anyway, you go ahead. You're good. Okay. And if I'm gonna say soccer, I'm gonna say soccer. I say Cristiano Ronaldo because uh, people will say Messi, people will say Ronaldo. We can get into this argument all the all the time, but uh, Cristiano Ronaldo just he. The reason why I have all of these goats, uh, well, so I I said baseball, uh, football, and soccer. So I didn't do NBA yet, but. Uh, oh, you I'll, said, you said uh, Jordan, right? Top. No, 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 well, no. You mentioned I, your I, top I three. Um, I had him in. I had him top, but uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and say right now my greatest of all time. Okay. In, in each perspective of sport, so it's yeah. Griffey baseball, Tom Brady in football, Cristiano Ronaldo in soccer, and in basketball it's LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Why do I put all of these guys as the greatest of all time? Simply one reason: they make everything look so. Easy. They have made the sport that they play look so easy that it's ridiculous. It really is. Now, I, me personally, okay. So let's see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name soccer because I don't watch enough of it to really have an opinion on yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, my baseball goat. Now, yeah, you might call me biased. It's not very biased. Okay. <laughs> was that a surprise? No, it really wasn't. <laughs> to be honest with you, I I have to say Willie Mays, true five-tool player. He, okay, so um, Willie Mays? No, yeah. I knew you were going to go either Barry Bonds or Willie Mays. I really yeah. I, I have was to go Willie not Mays. surprised. Now, I am a Giants fan. There could be bias. There couldn't. But the fact that he was a five-tool player and that he did it all, he did everything consistently. He can hit for power. He can hit for contact, speed, defense, everything. That that honestly just you know that has to for me has to put him at you know 
number one on the list. Mm-hmm. For me, that's just me though. Okay, uh, football. Uh, I agree with you, Tom Brady, just because um, not only his individual accolades, but his his team accolades. The fact that he's able to, you know, he's got seven rings. Let's, you know what I mean. But um, yeah. the fact that he's it was able to overcome so much adversity, being picked so so late in, in the yeah. draft, and and to, to you know mold a career. The greatest seventh round pick of all oh, yeah. time. To mold a career of of this magnitude is just ridiculous. Uh, now basketball, uh, I agree. LeBron at the end of it is going to be number one. It's kind of hit, it's kind of up in the air between Jordan and LeBron. It can go either or at this point. Yeah. Uh, what were you actually sending me on Snapchat, by the way? Oh, I just accidentally typed. Oh, <laughs> um, so that's our goats. Mm-hmm. And, and and I and look, here's the thing. I agree with you full fart, full fartedly, <laughs> full fartedly, yep, full fartedly. Um, no, but um. Fullheartedly on Willie Mays. I, I mm-hmm. agree with you on that. That is not that is a great goat to pick that because is and he made it look easy too. He made it I look easy. With that a thousand percent. Um so again, uh, let me go ahead and pull this up. So it was the game day NFL posted a tweet saying the N so uh the Seattle Seahawk Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me go ahead and see if they did. Okay, so they had the 49ers. They did the 49ers. But um, for the Seattle Seahawks, they put Russell Wilson, Steve Largent, Walter Jones, and Earl Thomas. And you know me as a Seahawk fan, right? But it's just, why would you put Earl Thomas on this list? He had ne- he had not... Was he one of the best safeties in the league? Yeah. But why would you put him on a Mount Rushmore? I feel oh. like the Mount Rushmore of Seahawks is Russell Wilson, Cortez Kennedy, Steve Largent, and Walter Jones. Um, the, it's it's three throwback guys and the greatest quarterback to ever play for this franchise. Mm-hmm. And there shouldn't have there shouldn't have never been a question about that because. Cortez Kennedy was one of the greatest sacking defenders I've ever seen play. I had the honor of watching him a couple times uh, back in the kingdom, back in the 90s. Um, You know, Steve Largent, before Jerry Rice. Steve Largent was the greatest wide receiver of all time, basically. Mm -hmm. He's numbered – he was – his numbers are basically number two to Jerry Rice. Walter Jones, one of the greatest uh, offensive linemen that I've ever seen – Hell, he made a cameo in the blind side, for God's sakes. Yeah. But and and Russell Wilson's up there. Why? Because Russell Wilson has done something that no player, no quarterback in Seahawks history has done. He's taken us to two Super Bowls. Or oh, yeah. excuse me, he's helped us. He's helped us get to two Super Bowls. He helped us win one. Mm-hmm. Um the and Mount Rushmore. You can arguably say he he was a spark for that for those teams and, and still still could be considered yeah um i will say this though i agree with their mount rushmore mm-hmm. for the 49ers they actually got the 49ers correct oh yeah it was joe montana jerry rice steve young and bill walsh okay so uh, the question i have is who do you have on your mount rushmore for the 49ers uh almost that exactly but walsh i would replace with ronnie lott 
Okay, okay, I am going to go ahead and say that that's not a damn, that's a damn fine replacement. Yeah. That is a damn fine replacement. I think think they pretty much nearly nailed it, but I would switch around the two. Yeah. Not going to, not going to disagree with you 100%. Um, Ronnie Lott, definitely one of the better, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest players to ever play his position. Uh, Running back, right? Uh, yes. Or wide receiver. Or wide. No, it was um, cornerback. Oh, cornerback. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, especially Seahawks fans, uh, have a lot of devotion and love still for Earl Thomas. I will say this: I have no love and devotion for a man who behaved the way he did in his final year with the Seahawks. Uh, I was at the game where he flipped off Pete Carroll in the sidelines. That's not how you. That's not how you go out. That is not now, how you go out. Now, if we were to make this list based off of just talent, true talent alone, rather than than personal, uh, just the personal true talent person, alone. Yeah, true talent alone. Would you say that he deserves recognition up there? Um. Here's the thing. This is this is the this is the bad part about it because I want to say if you want recognition for defensive players, mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore Seahawks defensive players, mm-hmm. then I am going with Cortez Kennedy, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas. You have three members of the Legion of Boom, pro- probably the greatest defense of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and look, and that's not a Homer thing to say. Uh, most NFL fans who actually watch football will agree that the 2013-2014 that the 2013, Seattle Seahawks defense was the greatest of all time. I don't think we'll ever it's, – it's, it's hard to see a, a defense like that. They were just downright nasty. And I hated every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because you're long-nosed, squidward-nosed – uh, quarterback Colin Kaepernick threw the interception and Richard Sherman uh, tipped the ball. <laughs> Listen, we don't bring up the past. Don't make me yank you by the beard. <laughs> but um, so if I'm going to go with uh, – so here's the thing. This is my Seahawks, Mount Rushmore, defense mm-hmm. and offense. So defense is Cortez Kennedy, Earl Thomas, Earl Sh- Richard Sherman, and Cam Chancellor. For offense, it is Russell Wilson – Steve Largent, Sean Alexander, and Marshawn Lynch. I want to say I kind of did nail that uh, that Mount Rushmore, but I want to say that if if his career goes according to plan with what he's doing right now, I want to say that DK Metcalf might knock off. Uh, might knock him off. Well, go ahead, man. <laughs> or or you should have had a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we're actually we're actually about to get out of here anyway because uh, no worries, man. Uh, so, but yeah, so real quickly before we get out of here, let's get your Mount Rushmore of defense and offense for the 49ers, and then we'll uh, end the show. All right, so definitely offense. Uh, now we're naming four of each, correct? Four of each, yeah. All right. Now, definitely. real quickly, I want to ask you this though: Do you have Deion Sanders on defense? Uh not on mine. Okay, 
Fair enough. All right. Actually, so go I ahead with your I offense. I didn't even make one for defense. I just made an offense. I got Jerry Rice, uh, Joe Montana, Steve Young, two quarterbacks on there. And then um and then I've got uh Dwight Clark. Okay, there you go. I like that list. I love that list. That's actually a really damn good list. Um I know you don't have defense, so we'll just go ahead and forego that. But uh mm. that's gonna do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Sorry. Next week though. Me and Anthony are going to be here on Fridays. It's going to be on Fridays now that we are going to be doing the podcast. But whenever we have Alyssa on the show, we're going to be doing it on Thursdays. And I do want to get Alyssa back on this show because, again, she was so great to talk to. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, this uh, is in hopes of, you know, making it a little bit easier for you guys to watch our show Fridays, you know. At the end of the work week, hopefully you all can join us and relax, relax, watch a little bit of the podcast and maybe even, you know, um, comment down in, in the, in the comment section, we can get some questions from you guys and roll with it. Oh yeah. In your future. That would be fun. But yeah, definitely, definitely. definitely, I um, uh, got you all in mind. We want to definitely have something at the end of the work week for you guys to uh, wind down and relax and chill with us. Yeah. And do not forget to check out the uh, movie commentary channel that we have. Um, uh, I just recorded a video today of Chad Vader season three. So uh, hopefully I'll be getting uh, another recording here soon of the last season of Chad Vader. But then I will be taking movie commentary movies, suggestions from you guys that you want me to do a commentary on. Um, I will say this though. The next three movies that I'm going to do next four movies that I'm going to do is Mm -hmm. the Ninja Turtle trilogy and Titanic. (laughs) Obviously, Titanic. We we've been hearing this for years, man. That's your favorite movie, ain't it? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Come on, oh, yeah. come on. I mean, there there's no doubt. But I but Ninja Tur- the first Ninja Turtles film is my second favorite mm-hmm. film of all time, though. But um, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, like I said, we're gonna be back next Friday at five o'clock. You guys can tune in here. Like I said, be sure to go subscribe to the movie commentary. It's BS commentaries, standing for bullshit commentaries. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> But uh, everyone, you have a good night. Cheers.